Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Derek Brinkley Podcast, Episode 7. Can't believe that we're already uh, up to Episode 7 already. Now, we got a few topics to talk about you know, on today's show, but I want to start today's episode off with some, a little bit of gaming and the Walking Dead series. Now, I know that Telltale has closed down, but I recently just re- replayed the... Uh, entire Telltale Walking Dead series, and I have to say that playing it from season one to the final season gave me kind of like a different look, playing it all at once. It was one uh, hell of a series. I loved every minute of it. Be able to see how the characters changed, you know, around you, especially, you know, the character of Clementine from season one to the final season was was an amazing playthrough. And I have to say the final season is probably the second best season that they ever done. And it's kind of a shame that they won't be able to do a uh, another season. I understand the reason why they can't or probably won't because, you know, as everybody knows, Robert Kirkman ended the comic book series, which is what the games are more based upon because they, they don't really have any direct... Uh, relation to the TV series. It's more based on the comics. So, you know, with the comic book series now ended, they they can't do a lot that they probably would want to do if it's based on that. Because I think the final season is like seven years into the future. It's just like, you know, a lot of the big events have already happened. From the comics at that point and they in the game story so I mean from like the actual comic book portion of the Walking Dead stuff the only character I think you meet that's actually from the Walking Dead is Jesus which is played fantastically I don't know the voice actor that played him in the third season but he did a hell of a job Playing the role of Jesus, it was uh, one of the best characters, probably, perhaps, both the comic books and the TV series. And I do want to talk about that for a little bit, too, a little bit later. But, um, the final season, if you haven't played the final season, I do recommend you pick up the uh, Walking Dead final season. It's like uh, 30 bucks, I think it was. Uh, so, it's, it's super cheap. And you don't have that. That's the full retail price. Even when the game first launched, I mean, it was like twenty, thirty dollars. Or you can just buy the episodes individually. But you do have to go into the fact knowing that this is not only the final season, but that Telltale is closed down. So if you're hoping for another one, it's just it's not going to happen. I mean, that's with any of the uh, Telltale properties. That so right now I just started Horizon Zero Dawn, um, which so far is an amazing game. Makes me kind of wish I would have picked it up back in 2017 because it's, it's an absolute beautiful game. The world, you know, the machines, the character, so far the story is intriguing. Um, I've only got probably not even like two percent into the, the story. I made it past like the little bit of the opening, so there's still a lot 
that I have to do. I'm not for sure if the game's open world or not. I know you can explore around uh, and pick up you know, like side missions. So that's what I'm doing right now. I think I've only done one actual side mission. I'm working towards a second. Probably after I get done recording this podcast, I'll probably jump on that game for a little bit. Um, but so far, it's it's really super detailed. The, and the characters, even for 2017 standards, is very good. Uh, so, I mean, it's, if, just like The Walking Dead uh, final season, if there's a game you haven't picked up, you, uh, you, I would recommend picking it up. I think it's still on sale. I got it like for 15 bucks on the PlayStation Store. You know, or if if you have PlayStation Now. Now, speaking of PlayStation Now, if you do have that service, do not buy the game unless you just want to. Because it is on it is coming to PlayStation Now. So, if you're a person that just likes to stream their games, then you can play it from there. Especially if you have good internet connection, I know that's that's the that's the hard thing. Is if you have you have to have a good strong internet connection. If you do not, it's going to be hard to stream those games. Now, since it is a service, and your service does end, it means that you will no longer have access to those games because you're no longer paying for it. But. The few games I played on the PlayStation Now when I had the free trial, seven day free trial, it was it was it was a good little service. It wasn't worth keeping because there's not that many games that I would want to play on it. So that's the reason why I didn't keep it. And right now, uh, there's a lot of things that I have upcoming that I need to you know save for. Uh, you know, the, you know, the core, of course, the new consoles are coming out. I've said that I'm most likely, I know I'm getting the PlayStation 5. I'll probably get the new Xbox when it comes out. Um, you know, I'm going to try to invest some in, in to more like good pot casting equipment, you know, to make it better. Because I do want to have, you know, my listeners have the best experience. You know, it, it's going to take a little bit of time to, you know, grow, you know, to get better stuff, but it, it will get there eventually, so you just got to bear with me, but for the meantime, uh, it's, it's, it is what it is, uh, I started, I started this podcasting thing after, uh, hearing some advice from John Campia, that's the reason why I started this, I was watching a show for months, and Somebody asked him, should I start YouTube or podcasting? He said that he recommends people start a YouTube or podcasting. And especially if you want to do it. And that's what really got me into the idea of the whole podcasting thing. Now, I am looking at other options too. Uh, I'm thinking about possibly at some point creating a YouTube channel. Um... I'm thinking about doing some Facebook uh, live stream stuff. Um, I don't I? Uh, I might start a second podcast, uh, like exclusive only gaming channel. 
I don't know that if that's something people would be interested in. So I might start a second one that is just all gaming related. You know, from, you know, consoles, older, you know, retro to, yeah, new gen, you know, and current. Some of the hottest video games from the past, present, you know, and possibly future. What people want to see in gaming. Yeah, so that might be coming sometime down the, you know, down the road, maybe a few months. Uh, I got to try to fit everything into my schedule right now. That's one reason why I haven't started a YouTube channel yet. Because right now, my schedule is super busy. So, for right now, just for the time being, we're just going to stick with this. I mean, I w- I'm not going to ban this at all if I do start another podcasting channel. But I will let you guys know if I do. I will be posting it on my Twitter account. So, just you know, keep an eye out for that. Now... On on the subject of still on The Walking Dead, the character, the guy that played Jesus on the TV series, I felt was just not used used right. I think I talked about it last week. I want to bring it up again, especially after how I see saw the character portrayed in the game, is that I just don't think he got the what his uh, fair shake. You know, the character was such an iconic character in the comics. And what people expected that they would do with his character is not what they did on the show. He never got any of his big comic book uh, moments. And that's very, very sad, you know, to me to see. You know, there's a lot of things that they could have done better, but they chose not to. Like, I still say killing off Andrea in The Walking Dead was a huge mistake. Um... I just, I love the character of Andrea, you know, from a character standpoint, the actress that played her was, you know, fantastic. I I think she's another character, you know, from a character standpoint that was not used right. Uh, there's, you know, I got my characters, you know, that I do like, and I dislike. Like, I'll be the first one to tell you, I'm not the biggest Rick Grimes fan. To me, Rick Grimes is one of my least favorite characters on the show, an entire series. And I know the series used to revolve around him. Um, uh, Sasha was another character. I just didn't, I really didn't care for the character. The character didn't do much for me. Um, it felt like they took a lot of what Andrea storylines and just gave it to Sasha. And there's no disrespect to the uh, actress that plays her. Uh, she did a, a fantastic job, you know. I'm not going to say that she did because she did. Um, I could put my bias aside. But it was just, it was too heartbreaking to see, you know, Andrew killed off. I think what in season three. I still say to this day that was a mistake. I know, I know they went for like the big surprise, you know, death on the show. And it. That's, you know, steered away from the comic books because, you know, she lived through a good chunk of the comic book. So, it was a good little departure from the, you know, source material. And one of the best things that they could have done for The Walking Dead is add Daryl into it, an original character. I mean, they've done that a few times. You know, Sasha, I think, was the original character. She was never in the comics. 
correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure Sasha was was not a comic book character. Um. So you know when they added Daryl, it could it could have flopped very hard, or it could have succeeded. And luckily for them, they was able to create Daryl into a very interesting character and one of the best characters on the show. I I like Daryl a lot more than I I like Drake. I always felt like Daryl should be leader, but I understand from a character standpoint that's not where he's at. And you know, he's more of a loner. He likes to just you know be like this kind of like the soldier, just get shit done, and not have to uh, be the one that's being looked up to. So I understand why he's not. And you know, there's some other characters that were misused. Uh, and there's some other characters that were used, right? I think, you know, like Shane. Shane was only in the first two seasons of The Walking Dead. He was not on there all that long in the long, you know, scope of things. He, he, he was only there for, like, a cup of coffee. Because the first season had, like, a reduced season. I think he had, what, like, five episodes? Five or six. It's the shortest in the series history. But I do understand that the you know the first I don't count that against anything because the first season was more like a test run, you know. Let's see if people are going to be interested in the walk in, and they, and they was you know, so it, it it worked out to their advantage. So you know they've had a lot of success with the show, even though the show ratings have been dipping over the last several years. They still have a strong enough fan base to you know continuing. To go forward. And I've heard rumors that they could possibly end with season 12. You know. And I've heard that some people are upset. That they, if they do go that route and end it. That, they, that they'd be upset. But I look at it from a place. Of. Hey. We got 12 seasons. 12 damn seasons. Most shows. Don't last 12 seasons. There's a lot of shows on. Even today, that struggle to get to eight seasons. So for a show to go twelve seasons, that would be a good stopping point if you wanted to stop it. Because you don't want your show go from you know the highest of highs to the lowest of lows and just you know gradually just you know be with a dead audience that nobody's watching and that's the way the show goes out, it gets cancelled and you never see or you know now the storyline's resolved because it was canceled. Nobody wants to see that. Walking Dead should get a proper ending. It deserves it. I mean, there's been a lot of shows that have went on past 10 seasons. You know, The Walking Dead. You know, Criminal Minds. You know, and Supernatural. And both Criminal Minds and Supernaturals are ending, you know, in their 15th season. So The Walking Dead, if they wanted to continue past season 12... They could potentially catch Crow Mines in The Walking Dead. You know, of course, you got the Law and Order. I think that's, go, that's going into, like, their 22nd? No. No, they're in their 22nd season, I think. Again, you can correct me if I'm wrong. I think they're in their 22nd season, which has never been done in TV history. That is not animated, anyway. Has not been done. It is the longest running show in cable history that's not animated. And it's not a reality show.
So Law and Order SVU has done something that no other show can say. They are on the Law Order show, and uh, the girl that plays Olivia Benson has been there since the very beginning. Uh, and the actress that plays her in is phenomenal. Um, she's absolute phenomenal. She fits that role to a T. I can see why she's stuck with it this entire time. Because it's such, it's very, her very breakout role that got her to to be the star where she's at today. Um, so I, and do, do I ever see her leaving it? No. I think she'll be the one actor on the show that will stick with it until the very end. I know a lot of people count Ice-T as an original. I do not, because he didn't come in until, like, season three. To me, an original uh, character is a character that appeared in the very first season. A character that appears in the second season, the third season, the fourth. To me, those are not original characters. The only reason why... As far as like CSI goes, if there's any CSI fans out there, the only reason why I count Sarah Sida has an original cast member is because the uh, lady that was supposed to be on the show got a lot of negative backlash from fans at the time, so they had to recast a new character, in, and that happened to be Sarah Sida. So I do count Sarah Sida as an original member of the CSI team because like she she was there from like the first to second episode you know of the series. So I do count her as an original for that reason. So it's that's how I view it. And you know everybody has their opinions, you know, everything is subjective. I understand that. You may feel differently, but that's just how I feel. Uh but this transition over for for a few minutes into the NFL. The regular season's over, folks. We are now heading in to the NFL playoffs, which will determine which two teams get into the Super Bowl. I will be watching the Super Bowl from beginning to end on Super Bowl Sunday, and I will... I will let you guys know on how I felt after after the game. I will post my uh, reaction on social media to let you guys know how what I thought of the game and and the winner, whoever the winner is. Because right now, there's there's a lot of teams that can make the Super Bowl. The Patriots can make it. The Chiefs. The Saints. You know. Baltimore Ravens, many other teams could potentially make the Super Bowl. It's just which team is going to, which two teams are going to fight the hardest to get there. And, and look, an underdog team could be the Eagles. The Eagles could sneak into the Super Bowl. If you underestimate them, they could be the team that sneaks into the Super Bowl. Because a lot of people. I'm sure there's a lot of people that thought the Eagles were going to lose, the Cowboys were going to win, and the Cowboys were going to make the you know playoffs. I mean, the Cowboys did win their final game. But fortunately for the Cowboys, the Eagles showed up too, and the Eagles won, so the Eagles took their spot. 
It's unfortunate that the Cowboys are even in this position. That is the frustrating part. Uh, the Cowboys should have been in the playoffs. I think the Cowboys could have even made it to the Super Bowl if they had a better head coach. And I'm sorry for any Jason Garrett fans out there for a coach that has been with the team for nine years. Nine freaking years. He should have been gone at least five years ago. And he only took the Cowboys to two playoff appearances. Two. Out of his nine years, he only took the Cowboys to two. So you do the math. And you tell me whether he should remain head coach. Because if it was me, he would have been out there before the season even would have started. I would have brought in somebody new. I know he's good. I think he is really good buddies with uh, Jerry Jones. And, you know, he was a former player of the Cowboys. So I know the reason why they kept around, for, you know, probably for that reason. You know, a veteran player for, for the Cowboys is now the head coach. You know, you and your good buddies, the owner, you know, you're going to get a lot of leeway as far as your record. But it's been to the detriment of the team. And it's been a very big detriment to the team. And there's just no excuses. I mean, they fire coaches all the time. You know, years before they even get to nine years if they're doing that bad. I mean, look at the Cleveland Browns. They fired several head coaches because of bad records. But no, not the Cowboys. They kept, you know, they kept Jason Garrett for nine. Because offense and defensively, they have a great offensive line and a defensive line. So they should have been better than what they were. Their record should have been better. A lot of people thought they was going to make the Super Bowl this year. Uh, but, unfortunately... That they're not. So maybe if they do fire uh, Jason Garrett. Because I haven't read anything. Or seen anything that says just so far that he has been fired. Because I know I think the Cowboys are now in their offseason. Since the season is over. So. When they do. They need to pick somebody that they feel that can lead this team into the future. That can get their offensive line and defensive line clicking even better than what it was clicking this season. So, if they can do that, you know, with a great quarterback like Dave Prescott, the sky's the limit in a running back, you know, and an Ezekiel Elliott, there's no way this team should miss the playoffs next season, especially if you have a great head coach. I mean, look at the Packers. and I, I'm not a Packers fan. They're, they're rivals to, you know, my favorite team, the Chicago Bears. I will never be a Packers fan. But look what they did with a first-year head coach. When everybody thought that this would be the years the Packers would suck because they had a new head coach. And Aaron Rodgers and the head coach were clashing before the season even started. And a lot of people said that this may be the year the Packers don't make the playoffs again. For the first time in a long time, the Packers won't make it. Packers have made the playoffs. They have the best record in their conference. And they have even a strong chance to possibly make it to the Super Bowl. And that's with the first-year head coach. So you tell me that a first-year head coach doesn't 
have a shot at making Super Bowl. I don't think the Packers will. Again, there is a lot of strong teams now. I I do think the Packers will beat the Eagles if they play them. Um, because I just don't. The Eagles just don't have enough. I know. Offensively, they don't have enough to stop. Stop them, and defensively, I think the Eagles' def- defense will not be able to stop Aaron Rodgers. So. I I stand by it. I think Baltimore is going to get it, but you know you never know. You know Kansas City could you know sneak up there and it's it's steal you know steal a win. So it's gonna be it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see where this goes. You know, I'm just gonna warn you guys if it gets quiet for me because I have to take a drink. You know your voice gets a little bit sore, but you know it's gonna be. It's going to be a great playoff, you know, run. I'm interested in finding out the playoff schedule. Because I'm not sure if they've released it yet. So, when they do, I will post on Twitter my, my, you know, what I think of each of the games. Uh, I will give my predictions on each team that win. Now, probably, I might post a vote. On who you think is going to make it to the Super Bowl. And the scores. So. You know with that. You know. May the best team win. May the best team win. Whoever two team wins. Was the best teams in the conference. And was able to go to the Super Bowl. So. You know Super Bowl's next month. I'm excited. Has any football fan would be excited. I, I would love to attend a Super Bowl, but, you know, the tickets are outrageous. They cost a lot of money to go to, to a Super Bowl. That's why I've never been there. Um, but let's, transi- let's transition over to a little bit of wrestling, which this is for the wrestling fans out there. The final episode of Monday Night Raw happened. For the 2019. I know I'm a little late on this. We had a few great, you know, stuff. You know, the stuff with, you know, Samoa Joe, Kevin Owens, and AOP and Rollins. You know, that was all good. But I want to just jump right into some of the, uh, two of the most terrible things on the show. Well, actually, three. Which was Charlotte Flair versus Natalia. I will have to agree with Solid Monster. I I just can't bring myself to care about Natalia. When her music hits, I am instantly disconnected. Don't care. Don't care to watch the match. And I think a lot of that is the way she has been booked for years. She's had her moments where they book her, you know, somewhat decently. But then it never lasts. And then she's right back to being a jobber. And then they all of a sudden want to build her up again. So I've never understood that point of view. Um, and it, it, it's a shame. I, and the only reason why this match is really happening is so, you know, the people from the 24-7 title can run around the range. And so Eric Young can get a big boot from Charlotte. That was the... That was probably the only reason why that match 
it was even happening. Because, again, the 24-7 title was a good title. It was a good concept when it first started. And now, that title is just dead in the water. They do nothing. It's every single week. It's just people running around the ring or running around backstage. And nothing really happens. It's just roll-ups to win the title. That has basically been the M.O. of the championship the entire time. So, I, I, I would be, I would, wouldn't be sad if the title got deactivated. I don't think there's a lot of fans that would shed a tear over that championship being deactivated. And, you know, the mis- that's one mistake that they've made in 2019. They made that title a joke when it was doing very well. Another thing that they've made a huge mistake on is now, is now all of a sudden now they are pricing their ch- championship recla- and replica belts at like $5,000 a pop. Who is going to spend $5,000 on a replica championship belt? When I have found custom websites that you can make your own championship with your own words on it, for a good solid two to three hundred dollars, depending on what you get put on it. That is a hell of a lot cheaper than going out and buying a replica Fiend Championship or a WWE Championship for five thousand dollars. A lot of people cannot even afford a five thousand dollar replica championship belt. And even a lot of hardcore fans will not spend that money. Now, there, I'm not saying that there won't be people that will. Because, you know, obviously, they're, they're doing it because there is several people that will buy it for that price. But to me, I, I won't be one of them because that is just outrageous. You know, to spend that much money on a championship replica belt. You can spend your money on way better things. I mean, especially if... You know, whether you're a gamer or whether you like buying movies. You you could, with $5,000, build up your Blu-ray collection with $5,000. If you're going to spend $5,000 on anything, as far as entertainment stuff, you can build up your Blu-ray collection with that amount of money. You could buy the Xbox Series X. And the PlayStation 5. And you'll still be saving your money. I know granted that together those, you know, those two machines, you know, will cost about, you know, probably at least $1,600 altogether. But you're still, that is still like a, you know, like $400,000 difference. If not a little bit less. So you're still saving a crap ton of money. And if you're into, you know, buying retro stuff, you know, whether it's DVDs, you know, old VCRs, you know, just because you want to be a you know, hardcore collector, you know, that goes again with, you know, DVDs and games, you, you could invest in retro stuff, so, I mean, the point of buying a $5,000 replica belt is absolutely asinine to me, I don't know who would do that, you know, but there is people that, unfortunately, that would do it. Uh, I, I just think it's stupid on their part to 
market a title at high. But it's going to be interesting to see how many people do buy it. Now let's get into the main event of Raw. Sorry, I had to take a minute because in 2019, going into 2020 at the time, who wants to see a Raw wedding? We all know how these things end. These things always end with some mischief. Somebody interferes. You know, and I was watching uh, some stuff on online earlier from uh, Brian Alvarez. He was talking about it. I have to agree with his comments. What they're doing with Lana is not heel heat. It's go away heat. And I 100% agree with that statement because nobody cares about her as a heel. Much just like Corbin is. A lot of people don't like Corbin as a heel. And it's not because he's a heel. It's because they want him to go away. They boo him because they want him to go away. And that's about the same reaction Lana's getting. You know, and of course, you know, they brought out Lana's boyfriend, you know, and it actually attacks him. So they, you know, a few minutes later, they brought out Bobby Lashley's girlfriend. You know, and before she could even get in the ring, Lana slaps her off, you know, the apron. And then we get the big reveal of the night, which is Liv Morgan and... You know, at first, you know, a lot of people thought, well, you know, she's coming out here to proclaim that she is Bobby Lashley's ex, you know, ex-wife or girlfriend. And because she said she's, you know, her, her, lo- her lover's in the ring. And then they turn it, they turn it out to be Lana. She's in love with Lana. I think there's a lot that, where this could go wrong, especially, you know, with, you know, public reactions, and, you know, it could, in some cases, be disrespectful to certain people, um, but they have, they have a, they have a storyline right there on SmackDown with Sonya Deville and Mandy Rose, where they could do, you know, do, do this angle, but they chose not to, you know, and Sonya Deville, I've heard, has been pitching to do a to to do a wedding angle, but they decided to do it for Bobby Lashley and Lana. It was one of the worst segments I've ever seen. I'm not, I'm not gonna say the worst, but it's probably the second worst segment I have ever seen, and one of the most pointless uh, segments that I've ever seen. I would have to say to me, as part as far as the 2010s, one of the most pointless segments. Out of the decade was when, when all of the fans were in the ring and they said that this is, you know, this is your universe, you know, you're in control, you make the matches, you know, there's no more automatic rematch causes. They stuck to, they didn't stick to any one of those promises but one, and that was the automatic rematch causes. 
it is the same repetitive bullshit that they're selling you then that they're selling you now. And don't get me started on the fact that they will build matches up. They will literally build matches up for a pay-per-view and say, this is the only way you can see this match. They'll then do the match on the pay-per-view, then do the exact same match on either Raw or SmackDown right after the pay-per-view. So why in the hell would you hardcore build this match as a a pay-per-view excuse match? Why? Now, if you want to do this match on like a Raw, like a month from now, after the rivalry's over, that's fine. That has, you know, made no sense. There's other things that they've done throughout the day. And, again, I have to agree with Brian Alvarez on this. Is that we started the 2010s with Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels. And we ended. We ended 2019 with a terrible, terrible Raw wedding. And that's how we're closing out the decade. I know that, you know, you know, the owner of the WWE is still loving, probably loves the angle. I'm sure Paul Heyman probably loves the angle. So, it's somebody with half half a brain would tell you, this shit is terrible. We, we can't, we can't put this out to our audience. But, you know, he... You know, the owner will rewrite the show sometimes two, three hours before the show starts. And hell, even sometimes during the show, he will rewrite the show during the show. And it sometimes it can it, it tells when they're doing that. I think that's what they probably did for this past Monday's Raw. Is that they was probably rewriting the show. You know, just for this angle, because the whole entire Raw was built around the Raw angle. A pointless angle that is doing nothing, is doing absolutely nothing for Bobby Lashley, Lana, Rusev, and Lynn Morgan. So you got four people involved in the storyline that this is doing nothing for. I've heard rumors that they're going to push Bobby Lashley and Lana to the Raw Women's Championship. And Bobby Lashley to the WWE title, which I think is a terrible idea. Not not because Bobby Lashley is a terrible wrestler, it is more for the fact that Bobby Lashley, since coming to the WWE, has not been used right. He has been treated like dog shit, and Lana has never been used right, as far as like singles capacity. When she was with Rusev as a manager. He was used fantastically. But she has not wrestled that many matches. In the matches I think that she has wrestled, she's lost. So, I don't, people will not buy her as a Raw Women's Champion. When you have a whole roster, Raw roster full of talented women that can go out there and perform at a high level. I'm not saying that Lana can't. You know, if they if, if she's been training her you know, her guts out, her out and her heart out, then she might be, you know, a lot more talented than what she was back then. Is that but I'm just basing this off what I've seen 
her wrestle, which is not that great. You know, we got you know women like Amber Moon, you know Oscar, Kyrie Zane, all on the Raw roster that can go and could carry that title. You know, and even women like Charlotte Flair. So you put the title on Lana. It's not one. It's not doing nothing for her. It's not doing nothing for the Raw uh, Raw Women's Championship. Bobby Lashley could probably carry it convincingly, but let's just say at WrestleMania they book Brock Lesnar versus Bobby Lashley, and they want Bobby Lashley to get booed, which he would probably get booed, so they would probably get that reaction. But I don't think a lot of fans would expect or buy that fact that Bobby Lashley could beat Brock Lesnar based off his booking in WWE. And Rusev, once his rivalry ends, where does he go? Does he get taken back off TV because that's where he was at before this rivalry started? And Lynn Morgan, once his rivalry ends, where does she go? Do they take her back off TV and just start showing vignettes again? Because that will be pointless. We had like three weeks of this crap, of vignettes, and they put her in this stupid-ass wedding that I would not want to be part of because none of this is entertaining. None of this screams excitement. I would be interested in hearing from people that were that spent three hours just to watch this Raw wedding. I would be interested. If you have me on Twitter, send me a, you know, send me a tweet. Send me a direct message. And let me know if you sat through a three-hour Raw just to watch this Reddit. Because to be honest with you, I don't watch Raw anymore. I catch the highlights. Because I have a hard time watching a Raw and a SmackDown. And I, when I started this decade, I was a hardcore watching WWE every single week. Both Raw and SmackDown. And I'm closing this decade having not given a crap about Raw and SmackDown. That's how much that in 2019 they have screwed it up. I think I was watching through through all through all of 2018, but 2019 it was just like I couldn't take it anymore. I can't take watching it. One, I think it was one ran, random episode of Raw like months ago. It was before WrestleMania. It's just like, I don't know if I'm going to continue to watch this every week after WrestleMania. Unless things get exciting. And then they did the whole wild card rule. And after the shakeup, it's just like, I'm done. I, I'm just done. The decisions that they're making, it's not making sense. You know, the, the, the whole... Wild Card Rule was just designed to put the same four guys on both shows. And it, it did nothing for anyone. It made no sense. Guys getting buried left and right. And, you know, you know I'm just going to say it. You know, Vince McMahon, you know, calling up NXT guys when they already have a stacked roster that they don't even know what the hell to do with. And I've heard reports that they're going to be calling up possibly people like Adam Cole, you know, Keith Lee, and Shayna Baszler. And I say, why the hell would you, 
Why the hell call him up? What is Keith Lee, Shayna Baszler, and, and Adam Cole going to do? One, I don't think Adam Cole should be called up without Undisputed Era. Because it makes no sense. People love Undisputed Era. They have a great theme. They have a great entrance. They work well together. So why would you want to separate him from Undisputed Era? Shayna Baszler, yeah, she can do great things in Raw or a SmackDown. But how long would they really convincingly book her? Because they get bored with everyone. And I mean everyone they get bored with. Keith Lee's a big dude. But how long is it before he's job being jobbed out to everyone? There's a long list of stars that have come up from NXT over the years and have done nothing. Have done absolutely nothing. Tyler Breeze is one. A very talented cable wrestler who's been misused for years. The Ascension. Adam Rose, who should have never went... They should have never repackaged him. Had Adam Rose was misused. Emma was misused. She now goes by to Neil Dashwood, which she's doing amazingly on the independent circuit. Was misused. The list goes on and on. No, Kalisto is another guy that came from the NXT brand. Misused. Sami Zayn. I, I could keep spitting out these names. Probably for the next two hours. We could probably be here for the next two hours. Or possibly six. Talk about how bad they messed up these guys' careers. I'm just going to try to throw out four more names. Adrian Neville. Never got the footing that he needed on the main roster. Had the talent. But never, never used right. And which is a shame. And now he's an AEW that was is doing great. D. Ambrose, now going by John Moxley, is another guy that has not was not used right. But I know what you say. Well, he was used right in the Shield. Yes, he was used right in the Shield. But you look at his track record after leaving the Shield. He went into a rivalry with Seth Rollins and lost every single pay-per-view match they ever wrestled. Except for one, which I think Dean Ambrose won via disqualification. Then he lost to Bray Wyatt. And he was losing to Lesnar. Well, yeah, he won a few Intercontinental titles. That's cool. And then when he came back, you know, he won, you know, two, like one or two tag team championships with Seth Rollins. You know, yay. And reunited Shield twice. But in the long term of things, he was not used right. It was, it was a piss. He was always looked as the weaker member of the Shield. 
They had Seth Rollins. They had Roman Reigns penciling for the, the top spots. So, I mean, it, it, it is what it is, but it, it it's a shame. And just to throw out two more names, Dana Brooke. Dana Brooke is another is another one that was called up. She was called up way too early years ago when she was called up. Was not ready to be on the main roster, but they called her up anyway. And and look what they have done with her. She hasn't come close to winning any of the women's championships. Not one. She loses every match. She's constantly been buried. Paula Cruz, one of the most talented superstars on the roster, was called up way too early. And it, it just shows to the fact that they don't know what they're doing. And he's still being misused. Because they have all their eggs in one basket. And that's the Brock Lesnar basket. And I'm a, I do like Brock Lesnar. I'm a Lesnar, I'm a Lesnar fan. But the, the fact that they keep going back to Brock Lesnar over and over and over again is hurting the company because they have no big stars. Because they are, they are afraid to make a mega star. Their mega stars have left them. Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, when when he did his first Scorpio King movie and got a taste of Hollywood. Soon after that, he was gone. He left. And he never looked back. John Cena is now doing the Hollywood thing. He's pretty much gone. Yes, I know he made appearances from time to time, but he doesn't spend most of the time with WWE anymore. He's in Hollywood. So they're afraid to make these mega stars. And look, the Royal Rumble's coming up. And Lesnar is going to be on this role to possibly build up a WWE Championship match. But my question is, who on the Raw roster could legitimately be booked against Lesnar in a convincing fashion? And I would say none. There's not one person on the Raw roster believable enough to beat him. Except for Seth Rollins, because, you know, he did beat him twice. But they're not going to book... Seth Rollins versus Brock Lesnar since he just turned heel and he's currently feuding with Samoa Joe and Kevin Owens. So I don't see them put Rollins against Lesnar at the War Rumble. So you take him out. There's no one left that could convincingly step up to Brock Lesnar and take the WWE Championship. I'm just saying. I mean, if you guys feel differently, let me know. I would love to answer. But that's going to do it all for you know today's podcast of episode seven of the Derek Brickley podcast. Until next Friday, see ya.